Alright guys, jumping straight into today's episode, we have a very special episode for you guys. Episode 8 brings you guys three very unique guests in the community. This is the first ever episode, we're doing a group episode. So jumping straight into this, we have Lucas, Wolf and Fred with me here today. We're going to go ahead and give them guys a couple of minutes to go ahead and introduce themselves so you guys are well aware of what they do. So we'll start off with Lucas. Right, so I'm Lucas, uh, CEO and developer of Cybersoul. So hey, I'm Woof, um, CTO at Cybersoul and uh, developer. I'm Frederick, and I know I just see myself as a customer or something. Sneaker Twitter, you know. Okay, asking all our guests the very first question that we ask all our guests on every single episode: How did they get into reselling? So let's start with Lucas. Um, so about two years ago, uh, I had no clue that you know these there was an aftermarket for these sneakers. Uh, friends did it a bit, you know, they got me into the hype around Yeezys. It was a time of, uh, I think it was Yeezy bread, zebras, mm -hmm. stuff like that, Black Fridays. Um, first release I ever did, once I started getting to it, was the, um, I think, Ultra Boost Trace Cargos. Not that hyped. I uh, got a pair of Adidas Saturday morning uh, for 220 mm -hmm. and then resold them for 70 profit, which is tiny now, I guess. But for me at the time, I was a 15-year-old, obviously, that was crazy to make a 70 quid profit off a pair of shoes right mm. uh so that was the first pair i resold and then i started getting some more and more into it next release were breads caught a pair of those of Yeezy supply those were the Yeezy mafia days when Yeezy mafia announced all the releases on their twitter and mm. i remember the password was um released in the comment section which to this day i still don't know how that happens to be fair because passwords are never released on uh on twitter now with uh, Yeezy supply but i got a pair of those uh, not so much a big profit. They didn't sell that much uh, at the time. And then the next release, though, that was the big release, was the first release of the Zebras. I think it was in uh, April, I believe, 2017. Mm -hmm. And they were Adidas exclusive. Uh, and I remember I got, um, I set up these emulators on my PC and I set up some auto clickers, five emulators using Nox. And uh, I was at school, team viewed to my PC, and I wasn't expecting to get a single pair, and I got four out of the five pairs which was crazy four reservations hit um unfortunately i wasn't able to pick up all four pairs as like um they were on the same name uh because i wasn't expecting to get a single one so we turned up to the thing and the manager came out and said yeah i know what you did your name's three times here so they, we only got one pair he was nice he got a pair we sold that for it was huge profit i mean it's 1200 pound profit i think because they were super super limited adidas exclusive and then from, you know, really from there, I started getting more and more sneakers. I didn't resell much. Uh, I haven't, never really have. Um, I quickly went into the botting game, selling scripts and bots. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my, you know, where it all started from there once I made that, um, that release. So that is a common thing that we do find in guests that come onto the show. They always look at the aftermarket. They recognize that the aftermarket is actually a thing. And then they go back to the beginning and be like, okay, how can I make myself this money? How can I create myself this profit? And they're automatically joining like that. So that is very similar to what all our guests usually say. But moving on to Wolf, how did you get into reselling? To be honest, just like Lucas, I don't really have a background in reselling. But um, I joined around two and a half years ago while I was um, offering programming services like online, mm -hmm. like not specific at any bots or anything. And one day someone approached me to write them um, uh, a Supreme bot. So I didn't know about the brand stuff or uh, Adidas Yeezy. I didn't know there was that hype in it. And after I started building the bot and uh, delivering the product to him, I told him 
oh, I want the part of the actual product. Like, I want to, I will keep it updated and stuff. So that's basically how I got into resetting, and I started my own research. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how I started out, like joining sneaker twitter through him and stuff so moving on to frederick how did you get into reselling um so pretty much uh in 2016 uh, my friends in school they like were supreme and stuff and i didn't even like know what it was but uh, they told me like it was so expensive um and like you could resell this uh so yeah i tried to I get into it more and saw there was bots and stuff. Um, and then the Boko drop in 2016, that was the first time I like tried to buy something and I ended up copying. Uh, and from there on, I just, uh, I don't know, it just escalated, you know, and got more into this stuff and learn more about drops and yeah, bots. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what's great about this community is that it's so easy to get into even when you're, you know, still in school, part-time thing, you can, you know, e- it's an easy community to get into, easy way to, you know, to make a bit of money on the side, uh, quite a fun way to, you know, um, and I think that's what's great about this, I think everyone joins really as a hobby at first, and it's kind of escalated at this point to some people do this as a job, some people do this as a, you know, real hobby, for us now it's become a huge, huge company, Um that you know it's some of us is uh, a lot of people who work for cybots there how they pay for their college how they pay for you know their rent it's just become such a such a great community really to be part of and i think that's what's great about this yeah one thing that i personally find interesting about hosting this is when i talk to guests and they do mention how they make money reselling how they start is that it started off being such a minority because obviously uh, in everyone's lives, they have other commitments such as college, education, like you mentioned. And slowly and slowly, as profit builds and the interest builds, it's interesting to see how that balance becomes more times dedicated towards reselling because they begin to notice the amount of money that can be made and the opportunities and doors that can be opened through pursuing reselling. So I think it's obviously very interesting to hear everyone's unique stories. But moving on to the next question. As you said, you progress through the community and you overall accomplished many things and all three individuals here with me today have accomplished very big things out of all the things you've accomplished what has been some of the biggest thing right so personally i'd say i mean it's been a a, quite a big journey uh from the start of cyber you know 1.0 2.0 but i think the biggest moment really was that 4.0 release i mean me and we were working on that such a long time from christmas uh 2018 we started development uh we've started most of the development on the ui at that time i was still trying to maintain 3.0 just to do two things at once it was quite a difficult task um and that development lasted about six months i mean it was a huge huge overhaul we had to redo the ui change we fully changed framework for the ui recode the whole thing uh, I had to recode the whole back end because we wanted to add the support for a mobile app, which, you know, it, huge, huge changes had to take place for that to be able to have those real-time tasks on your phone. Um, but when we finally announced that with that uh, announced video, and um, I mean, just going back, we there's these videos uh, of people who recorded the um, uh, Discord audio chat uh, when 4.0 released, and the excitement of the users and the reaction is just, 
like pure gold. I mean, hearing people be so overjoyed for the release of a product we've made and worked so hard on, I think that's definitely uh, the biggest accomplishment in itself. It's such a great feeling, really. And I think Wolf can, you know, I think it's the same thing for him, really. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, you should tell you. Uh, I, of course, I, uh, the 4.0 release was definitely something. There's not really much which uh, I've accomplished like in the community or anything, but I think I'm most known for like taking stock on previews <laughs> and cyber now. So that's basically it. Well, as you both just said, Cyber 4.0 was a huge, huge thing. The video had countless views. I know so many people that were tweeting about that for weeks to come. The update was very strong. The video, the production level on the video was very, very high. And overall, I think that that whole announcement was a huge thing in uh, your career owning Cyber and obviously the people related to working at Cyber. So we've gone ahead and set the foundation. We've told you guys where our guests have come from. We've told you guys what their accomplishments are. We're going to move into one of the first topics of today's episode and the main topic, which is restocks. If you guys are unaware about this topic, essentially a restock is where a company or a brand releases more products or services to the normal consumer to buy and to be able to use their services or products. And personally, in my opinion, in 2019, throughout this year, the most dominant thing that has been judged upon services, groups and bots is the way they restock products. So what better is to ask the cyber team and ask them what their opinion on restocking is. So for the first question, what are some of the methods that you've seen previous bot owners or cook group owners, the methods that they've used to restock that you definitely think is a no-go? Uh, a no-go? Well, hmm, I'd say, I think, personally, um, when... Uh, I personally dislike raffles, in my opinion, because even though it technically is the, f like, the fairest way to release a product, because it lets everyone enter and, and it's just based on luck, uh, I feel like even the people who might be you know, fully committed um, to this to this um, product restocking. They've been checking Twitter every day. They've been, you know, really consistent at, um, you know, monitoring their, their website and making sure that they don't miss out on any of the restocks. They will have the same chance as someone which, let's say, you know, arrived on Twitter 10 minutes after they tweeted the raffle link, entered through their phone and, and that's it. And they might have never even participated in any restocks, you know, in the past, or they might have just discovered the brand two days ago. So they have the same chance because it's the only factor uh, for raffles is just pure luck. There's no skill, there's no uh, speed. And even though a lot of people don't like first come, first serve, I personally think that at the end of the day, the whole idea of, you know, the sneaker reselling is about who is the fastest, who is able to get these products first, who is able to resell them. And you know, it's the same idea with with you know these restocks. If you if you're the fastest person, then you get to have access to these to these bots. Um, but again, if there are some first comes first some drops which are botted or which have uh, considerable unfair advantages due to some uh, external factors, then I personally think that's unfair. We try and I know that iron those out the you know as much as possible, but obviously there's always going to be some factor which is going to make people unhappy and there's there's no way really we can make everyone happy in the community, that's just not possible. Yeah, I totally agree with your point there at the end when you said you can't make everyone happy. That is inevitability with a business 
odd because some consumers out there will be unhappy the way you release things. Even if it's the most perfect method of doing something, they will always find something to complain about, which is just the inevitability when releasing products and services. Now, flipping the coin, going to a more positive size, what is, you mentioned raffles, but is there anything else that you think is a successful way of restarting products or services? Like we said, recently you did implement the Twitch live stream made by uh, Cypher. I've linked him down below in a previous episode where he made that Twitch live stream, that animation, and you have to go complete a game on the website. What are some of the successful ways of releasing products in your opinion? Um, so yeah, I think that uh, that idea that we had to play a game was a, in itself was a great idea i mean because obviously it can't be bolted because it's a completely different system uh so it was never seen before so bots can't be made for it um as you know to make a bot you need to have at least one example of release to be able to copy you know the request and stuff um but the only issue with that is that we had some server issues i wish it went smoothly everything was going great the whole setup was great the whole idea was great but just because of that, that server loads, uh, which crashed the servers, it kind of made people unhappy because, you know, they thought that uh, they met with errors constantly, so they weren't able to get through. But apart from that, I think some ways of releasing um, queues can be good if done right. Um, if queues have you sit in there for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, people feel like their time is being wasted. And we see that a lot on Twitter, people complaining that, that we're wasting their time um, you know, we, we don't do that on purpose. We try our best to do the first restocks. Um, and, you know, making a queue system is not easy. Um, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of queues. Again, it's, it's pretty much just a raffle, in my opinion. It's the same thing as a raffle, just that you get the results, like, in 10 minutes, except for waiting for the results. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, queues can work if done right. But... <sighs> In my opinion, first come first serve um, restocks are the best. That's my preferred release. If a, like a retailer was to release a pair of shoes, my preferred way of them releasing it would be through first come first serve. So that's just my opinion. So one of the questions that I did have lined up for this conversation was the perfect formula for restocking products. And based on your conversation, you just said you feel like first come first serve is definitely the best way to go about it. But in some cases, uh, companies could branch into raffles and queues if done correctly. And I think. The main problem is with products and services is that they don't know how to create that standard and they don't know how to create the perfect way of restocking products at the end of the day. So if you were to simply create a new product, create a new brand and implement one method, what would that one method be and how would you execute it to have the highest percentage of customer satisfaction with releasing the products? Well, your customer satisfaction is always going to be low because of the scarcity of a product. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be people who are going to be unhappy, of course. But um, I think the best way would just be first come, first serve um, with like a, like a password, what we do right now. And then maybe like a card hold in case the payment doesn't go through. But the thing is, um, it's the best for like to let the user know whether they have gotten the product or whether they have taken L so they can move on with their day. Mm -hmm. So I've seen a lot of like um, companies like dragging around like the youth for like five hours to watch their Twitter, and um, that's actually wasting time. The you know if you have a first come first serve drop where you have uh, a minimum you know minimal user input to actually buy the product, so you know uh, you click the button, you enter your credit card information, you click buy, and then you directly know if you've taken an L if you've you know gotten the product right. That's the best way. Obviously, 
ideally no errors, um, no server issues, uh, no unfair advantages, so no bots. Uh, we've done our best to eliminate all bots on recent releases, and I think that's gone well. Uh, but obviously, there's always going to be a, a moment where some people could have small advantages like autofills or monitors, and there's no way to completely stop those. Um, but, you know, as long as it wa doesn't waste people's time, and as long as, like, you do, you know, you try and eliminate most of the uh, the bots, and you eliminate errors, I think that's pretty much the perfect formula for, uh, you know, restocking, in my opinion. So if we flip the conversation around really quickly, I want to talk to Frederick just for a quick second here. He is known for creating these dashboards for companies. Now, Fred, when creating these dashboards and when creating these services for these companies, what are some of the things you do take into consideration to create a product for the user, for groups and companies that all in all is easy for the user to use? Uh, yeah, so obviously I see myself as a customer, so I've always tried to think of what I prefer and uh, I think it's the fairest way. Uh, so recently with bots like uh, Hawk and Ganesh and Flick, uh, I've implemented first come first serve and card hold. Uh, so like if you get a card declined or something, you're not just gonna lose the chance to buy this like lucrative bot. Um, so I think that's the way I prefer it. Like personally, I hate like queue and raffle because you just don't really have a chance. Like at least with first come first serve, it feels like you have a shot, you know? Yeah, touching on what you just said, the queues and all the raffles, I feel like that creates uh, a sense of lack of skill. Like if someone is very dedicated towards a brand and showing love towards a brand, they will dedicate the X amount of hours, the X amount of minutes to go for that product, be the first one to get it and the first one to actually uh, get success with it. So touching on what you said, yeah, raffles and queues are a bit of a touchy subject. I think if done correctly, they can be good, but in some cases they're quite annoying and all in all don't represent the actual true fans of a product. But that is a nice segue into the next question. Now, we've talked about highly anticipated products that people want and also services that people want. What is everyone's opinion on groups that are solely dedicated to monitoring these products and all their users taking the entire stock, creating a slightly unfair advantage towards other users that are trying to go for these products? Um, well, first off, th these groups are not just for monitoring these bots and services which are restocking. I mean, they're mainly, you know, firstly created for, well, they cook groups. So they monitor, you know, restocks on various websites, such as Shopify, monitors, etc. And the point of that is so that when there's a restock for a certain pair of shoes, for example, that's resells, their users can obviously purchase it and then resell it for profit. And as recently, bots, uh, due to the fact you know, due to their limited nature, uh, have, you know, gained quite a considerable resale value uh, and some even more than most sneakers which are releasing nowadays. Uh, it's become natural that obviously these, you know, groups are going to implement uh, monitors that monitor um, for restocks of these products because the whole point, the owners of these groups, their role is to you know maximize their users profit that's why you join one of those groups that's why you pay a subscription for those groups so as much as i hate the fact that some you know groups of users do have an advantage as opposed to you know others there's not much you can do about it at the end of the day that's the nature of this whole community community right is to try and maximize everyone's profit um 
again, monitors, in my opinion, not much you can do about it. If everything is monitorable, right? There's no way to permanently stop monitors. But if a group is going to, for example, offer a free bot or extension, which drastically improves uh, someone's chance at getting restocks, then that, in my opinion, is unfair. And we have taken measures against that. We are taking measures to stop uh, bots uh, from, you know, purchasing cyber and restocks. Um, something I also hate is when groups, um, you know, use the success on certain restocks to promote, you know, their own products or their own group. Um, and we see it a lot with, you know, I would name them, but we see it a lot with many popular groups in the community that they post, you know, all these success picks from restocks and it creates a huge resale value for the actual group. Um, and sometimes not only are the pictures stolen from someone else on Twitter and posted for fake success, or they're posted multiple times. Uh, we've actually seen this for the last cyber restock where the stock was only uh, 20 copies, but there were many more success pictures than on Twitter from various groups, which I'm pretty sure you know which one they're talking about, uh, which reposted the same pictures multiple times. Um, and then the groups which just use the the fact that they have the most success on restocks to promote their group when in reality it's just because they have such a large user base um you know if, if you have the most users in one group compared to the others it's normal that the percentage of people who get the restock who copy a restock are going to be in that group that's just you know how statistics works right so it's not because the group is specifically um good and monitoring the website that these users have got this unfair advantage is because most of the users are you know in one specific group and they have such a large user base so you know you can't really stop that you can't really stop it but i really hate it when groups use uh success from restocks to promote their own products in my opinion yeah i think it comes down to the basis of them piggybacking off your success which obviously isn't a likable thing you, everyone sees it, everyone that is watching this episode sees it on the timeline when cyber restocks, when Ganesh restock, any type of big bot restocks, you always see these groups creating this type of manipulation in a sense to get new consumers to come to their groups just because of the fact that they were successful. But once you factor in every single uh, statistic like uh, user skill level, the amount of users, uh, the time of the restock, uh, the region times in certain places, if you factor all that in, I feel like people would be able to see the true difference and people will be, be able to see the groups that do actually give an advantage with the, the best advice and the best things to do. But obviously in this day and age and just the way how the community works, that isn't a thing, but it is something to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, for example, um, on our restart where we did a Twitch stream, if there was no way that any group uh, provided any help whatsoever uh, to, for users to be able to you know copper um a copy on that restock everyone was on the twitch stream so everyone had an equal chance everyone saw the link at the same time uh monitors weren't didn't pick up the link because that link never existed before and there was no direct link uh, which bypassed the game by the way i know some people think that's the case but that's not true you had to play the game to be able to pass to purchase uh, a copy so no groups were able to give an advantage even though we did see some success picks uh retweeted by some cook groups on twitter claiming that you know they helped them uh purchase but that's not true i mean unless they offered pac-man training then <laughs> there's no way that <laughs> they offered any sort of advantage uh but again you know that's just marketing that's how it works and we see it also when you know people um even with sneakers when they copy pair of sneakers using a bot even if the drop was announced in advance they'll still shout out the cook group for help 
for God knows why, what help they provided when, you know, the time and date was announced before, but there's nothing you can do about that. You know, so it's kind of contradictionary because we used to, like, piggyback of stores. Like, as a bot, we would, like, uh, tweet out says when you, like, buy five pairs of off-white kiv. Mm-hmm. It's kind of created the same situation with us, but then with Cook Group. And we're also having to stop bots and stuff. It's it's just as, as if we've become a retailer ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we have the retailers which sell the products at the top, then you have the bots, and then you have the Cook Groups. That's kind of the, kind of, like, the, the chain, so... Yeah, I mean, they're obviously attempting to grow their audience, grow their customers based on other products, which are, have a bigger following base. That's just normal. That's, you know, how marketing works. You can't really do anything about it. Yeah, personally, if I just want to throw my own opinion in here, the most recent restock at the time of making this video was a stress test on their website. But if we're referring to the Pac-Man type of restock on Twitch, uh, personally, I feel like that is the best way. I, there's literally no type of OCR that people have made. Probably people will make OCRs for Twitch just so it's quicker in advance now that let me know that's a release method. But at that time, there was literally no type of advantage you could take. Personally, I know for a fact that I was recording the entire thing. I went on different browsers. I went on to try to complete the game. And each and every single recording, my findings were that you completed the game and you got access to the product. That's how it was. It was the most fair thing, the most easiest way to go about it. And honestly, I'm not saying that every single bot should start a Twitch channel and every single bot should start releasing on Twitch, but it's something to take from because of the fact that they eliminated that type of advantage or any type of advantage element when restocking uh, cyber. And they created a very fair um, scenario for every single consumer to go for it. Literally, the only disadvantage you could have is if you've never played Pac-Man before. But then again, it is a simple game, so it's really easy to pick up on. And all in all, it was a very fair restock. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, by choosing a game which you know, mo- normally most people have played before. Uh, they know the rules, they know how it works. Uh, and also, instead of, you know, by doing a Twitch stream in itself, it's kind of as if you had a real-time monitor in front of you. You don't need a monitor uh, that pings you to give you the link because the Twitch stream pings you and gives you the link. So we've already provided you with the fastest way of getting access to the restock. So there's no way you can have an advantage. Uh, and also, you know, I made sure to spend, I spent a large majority of the day making sure that for example you can't uh, share cookies with anyone else because cookies are IP bound so even if you do win the game you can't give the cookies to someone else so they can get through without playing the game um, you can't purchase twice uh, you have to play the game you know it will send you back in the game if you try to purchase again uh, so everything you know was extremely fair it was one uh, purchase per person um, one session per IP and you know twitch was uh, in sync with everyone who was watching it so everyone got the link at the same time so that was you know a really fair release in my opinion but obviously we still got backlash for that unfortunately as the servers went down but as i said you can't make everyone happy touching on one of the things you just said you said that multiple people weren't able to buy copies and that is one thing i did find from having a look at uh just being on the timeline in general being aware of the entire restock i did see some screenshots of people saying that you've already purchased the product so you can't buy it again using on the same card and using same details which i personally think is a very very good step forward to try give other people a better chance at getting this product because at the end of the day you as a bot owner and bot developers all in all for every single type of bot they would rather have 
two people, two individual different people buy the product rather than one person buy it and then be successful in the restock because they know how it works and buy three copies and make X amount of profit. Yeah, at the end of the day, the copies do go to someone, but I feel like bot developers and bot owners would much rather have someone individual get the actual uh, product that they've been trying to get for a very long time and go there directly instead of buying it from resale markets. So I just want to touch on that. Um, like the whole... Uh... Like people can only buy one stuff. I think it's kind of like it's a loop, you know, as uh, we've said, the bots are turning into retailers. And I think it's kind of, I don't know, like uh, bots is made to buy multiple and to resell. So I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, even though you can check the email to make sure that they haven't purchased or check the IP, people will always find a way around that. I mean, people who buy these bots are resellers, right? So they have multiple credit cards, they have multiple, uh, they have proxies, so they can use proxies. Uh, they have multiple uh, shipping addresses. Uh, you can jig your shipping address, you can jig your email. I mean, there's if retailers such as Nike and Adidas can't stop you know, people from buying multiple pairs, how would we stop people from buying multiple pairs considering they have a bigger database than us uh, with more information, you know, more customer details, um, you know? There's no way to actually stop it. We can, you know, reduce it to a minimum, but that's what we can do, really. Yeah, I feel like there is a certain element of duality, and obviously this is not a shot at any type of bot or group owner that restocks products, but at the end of the day, we are advertising and we are pushing people to resell. That is the main element within this community, to resell products for profit, and inevitably people do that with bots because the bots market is pretty big. So it is that duality that you have to play with to try to stop people reselling, to help people resell, which is a weird thing to say. But at the end of the day, it is a very current theme in the community. Well, we we um we 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 uh, review most of like the orders after restock to like access to like actual retail, like check if there's any duplicates or anything. But it's insane how our bots have blown up to be this this much worth. Like we've never thought, we've never created Cyber to be like the biggest resellable bot with like the highest value. We just wanted to find a way for people to purchase multiple uh, multiple sneakers or or items. Yeah, it's crazy how. When, uh, yeah, I remember when I you know just started this and like you know bots used to resell for cheaper than their retail. I mean, you do group buys to get the bot for cheaper than the retail. That was the whole point of group buys. Now group buys, you do group buys of bots and you pay double the retail or triple the retail. It's crazy. Moving on to the next question. Now we've talked about restocking products. We've talked about the whole duality within that. What is your motive? What is your mindset going towards competition within bots? Like, as you said, people have been making bots over the past couple of years to help people get these products and all products have the same factor within them that they want to give users success. So what is your mindset when you do come across competition that is coming off in a more malicious way and coming off as a more offensive way because they're calling you out for copying features or faking success and stuff along that nature? At the end of the day, the product speaks for itself, right? So what I've been trying to push for recently is more transparency within bot companies so they can post stats, check out numbers, because we have, you know, these, um, I forgot the name of the Instagram, well, the cook group, which posts, you know, these bot reviews. And 
there are times where, in my opinion, it does seem biased because they base it off what Twitter success retweets or you know public statistics and public statistics aren't always the best way to go because they can be rigged, they can be fake, and you know some comp um, some users of certain bots may post less success on Twitter than other bots. I know for a fact that our users don't post success that much on Twitter, especially our users which, um, you know, cook heavy. Um, we have users which on Supreme Drops, they get, uh, you know, 100, 200 items, but they never post success on Twitter. And that's fine, but if we're gonna get then, you know, cat um, uh, ranked as one of the least performing bots compared to others in reviews, that's not right. Um, but, you know, again, uh, I feel like resale value kind of, you know, speaks for itself. I mean, resale value kind of has a, a correlation with the success of the bot. That's just how things, you know, work. And since 4.0 is released, I mean, just looking at uh, numbers, um, we went, I believe, from, I think on the website right now, we say 160,000 checkouts, which was, I made the website when 4.0 released. And at the moment we're nearing, I think it's, well, if it's 400,000 checkouts, right? Something like that. No, uh, successful checkout is 300,000. 300,000, 300,000, that's it, right? Yeah. So it's nearly doubled, you know, since 4.0 is released, which has been, what, uh, three, four months, I think? So that's pretty crazy because we've, you know, been, you know, we've been doing this for about uh, one or two years. And within three, four months, we've doubled the success. So I'm really proud of that. Well, touching what you just said uh, with the success, uh, personally, my own opinion on this entire thing is that it is insanely hard to create these kind of graphics and these type of videos judging bots, just because of the fact that there's a lot of elements, like you said, uh, most of the cyber demographic are people that cook heavy. They have large amounts of capital, large amount of knowledge, and they've actually looked into the bot, its functionalities, what works well, they've run countless drops, they've figured out what works, what delays work in combination with what sites. Now, personally, if I was one of them, if I had loads of capital and I was purely doing this to literally linking back to some of your early uh, points in the interview, cover rent, cover my expenses. I personally would not waste time posting on Twitter. However, that does not take away from the fact that the bot is successful, the bot does cook. And I don't think it is fair to justify a bot purely on what is posted on Twitter. I feel like bot developers should take that step forward like yourself and post statistics around successful checkouts and unsuccessful checkouts on Twitter. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if, if you're going to start judging a bot um, you know, if it's been successful or not, then you should, you know, at least take the time and properly consider that public uh, stats isn't everything, right? Uh, if bots have posted numbers, then yeah, you can make a judgment based off that. But if you don't have concrete numbers from people inside the company, then you can't really make judgments. I mean, we have users which sometimes, uh, you know, in chat during drop might say that another bot hit, but they're looking at the public checkout feed, right? Which is everyone, these thousands of users which are running and you know maybe one or two or three might get a couple of checkouts just because you know a couple of people got checkouts does not mean that they're more successful uh than us or than any other bot it's it's really just you have to you know put everything look at the also you also have to look at the amount of users that a bot might have i hope you know normally if a bot has three or four times more users uh than another they should have more success uh but you know that might not mean that uh, the 
uh, checkouts to user ratio is higher. Uh, I know we have we have a pretty uh, high checkout to user ratio. I think that I did the calculations the other day and we were about since the very start. So amongst all our users, considering that there are a bunch which, which are inactive and obviously there are a lot which um, cook way more than others. Uh, but on average, uh, each user has checked out about 78 to 80 items since they had uh, cyber, which is a lot. Um, you know, obviously it really depends on the items they've checked out, but based on all the oil users, about 80 checkouts per user, which is, I'm really happy with that. Um, so that's great. Yeah, so on the whole, like uh, where we see bots going in the future, uh, just want to say, I kind of feel like uh, bots and groups are kind of making its own economy, like how groups are now just to cop bots and bots, I don't know, maybe it's kind of going away from the whole point of getting shoes, I feel. Uh, so I don't know, I'm kind of worried about the future, uh, but like, I hope it's gonna last, of course. Uh, but I've always seen like, Bots and like my dashboard myself as a kind of fad, you know. Uh, but apparently, it's still going. So maybe well, the future is yeah. bright. <laughs> this has been around for a while, right? I mean, it's been around for many, many years, botting. Um, and I think it's especially recently, it's getting harder and harder, you know, to bot these websites. Uh, we, we have these whole companies, these whole teams. Uh, we have a whole Shopify team or Akamai have a whole security teams which are dedicated in, you know, working on security to prevent these bots from getting through on their website and purchasing uh, the stock of these releases. Um, but as, you know, botting gets tougher and tougher, bots get more and more advanced. So I don't think there'll ever be a point where bots will completely fade away. Because in my opinion, it's, the, it's in the retailer's best interest to still have these bots. I mean, these bots drive the hype around the products. They drive the resale. And I'm pretty, you know, I can guarantee that if bots did not exist, Yeezys would not be as big as they are nowadays. I mean, how many colorways, how many variations have they made of these Yeezys? I mean, I remember when they used to do one every four, you know, six months, two years ago. Now there's one every, like, one or two weeks. I mean, they... They are milking the Yeezys, same for the Jordans. And the only reason why it's still selling out is because it's getting botted. So it's selling out fast, meaning that people who don't have bots or don't know about bots and who wanted these shoes aren't able to get them. So they have to end up you know, purchasing from a third party or in a, a resale market. And you know, this, whole, this whole community, this whole, you know, idea is driving you know not only the retailers profit but it's driving the hype between you know behind these shoes so i don't think it's going to go out anytime soon in my opinion yeah touching on some points that you both just made there i feel like this may be a weird thing to say but bots at the beginning motivated and fed into this uh, addictive nature that everyone has about reselling to to get something for x amount and resell it for extra amount to make your money back that you invested in as well as a profit now that might have tripled into bots and that might have spurred this whole market creating these huge marketplaces to sell these bots now was that intentional no it wasn't the whole purpose was to get these shoes and get these items but unfortunately well fortunately or unfortunately depends how you look at it it's created uh, this whole market and like lucas just said without bots i don't think these brands would be as big as they are because end of the day when you're seeing people hit 200 clips 250 clips 
or 100 clips on these websites, that's one person. They're still taking stock from their website. They're still creating hype for that and overall making these brands bigger. And I feel like these brands have noticed that and that's why they're pumping out more products. Like you said, back in the day, Yeezy used to release a product every uh, couple of months. Now it's like every couple of weeks you see Yeezy Mafia tweet out a colorway that in my opinion doesn't look very good usually but they're still creating these products because they know the hype is still there. Going into the final part of the interview, as we are at the end of 2019 and as we are going into the beginning of 2020, what does everyone have planned and what is everyone bringing to the table going into this new year? Uh, yeah, so for my dashboards, uh, I kind of, like, it's kind of hard balancing with school, uh, but I want to make, like, a platform, I think, uh, like a centralized thing um so like the users will have more control uh kinda and yeah i just wanna maybe keep on going so um we don't really have like a major version planned yet maybe we will in 2020 we're just gonna stay um yeah, building cyber and, and maximizing the user success and we'll have to adapt to these changes because um you know shopify has been acting up a lot Past a couple of releases, so it just gonna always be a cat and mouse game to um, properly bot their websites. So I guess that's what we're gonna be doing in 2020 as well. Um, I think something I, I do have plans for the company is um, we want to um, expand uh, the user dashboard a bit. Uh, we want to provide. We want to steer away from Discord OAuth and make our own account system where we'll be able to, you can like shuffle keys, uh, maybe you can do renting, because uh, there's so many scams uh, or cases where people get their keys stolen uh, or get their, um, um, when they rent when they rent keys out, they get the keys stolen or they get their keys unbound somehow. I mean, I, I don't know how those things happen and uh, the, most of the time it's because of poor you know security that these people have set up you should always have 2fa on your discord um but i so yeah talking about that dashboard i want to provide you know key shuffling key renting uh and maybe more of an extended account settings part uh, but that's probably going to be later on in the in the year because we have some other work plans uh we have to focus on the bot focus on changing the website like shopify and uh, once we've you know got a good grip on that maybe we'll start doing changes to uh, well that is reassuring to hear you're all actively moving towards growing your brands and creating it in a better better way but moving on to the final question we've talked about all your collective brands and what you work to do every day and the products you create what are some of the things collectively all of you are going to steer away from going into the future um i think as a community uh the whole sneaker community needs to you know, really avoid um, certain things. Like there are way too many uh, groups at the moment which offer, uh, you know, these like, um, what's it called? Dash door? Is it dash door? DoorDash, sorry, I read. Uh, they don't provide it in the UK, yeah, so I, I never use it. Uh, DoorDash jigs, you know, where it's using other people's accounts to buy free food uh, or other jigs, which like uh, Walmart jigs or whatever, which they're all just fraud. And, it's created kind of a shady side to the community, which um, companies like Discord um, and stuff, are, are, you know, they're starting to see into that, right? And they're starting to ban accounts, starting to ban groups. And if we're going to keep that up, 
it's going to throw shade on the community as a whole because as a whole the whole community you know there is a, a good side to the community right um most of it is 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 great i mean it's a considerably friendly community but if we're going to have part of it which throws shade on it it's going to create you know a lot of bad things for us maybe you know discord is going to start banning you know entire entire groups not only just these groups which offer jigs maybe even bots uh groups or just cook groups in general and we don't want to see that right uh we don't want to see companies like maybe even twitter um you know turn turns towards us and start banning accounts so i think the community needs to start being more aware of the consequences that these jigs that they offer might have a lot of them are run by people which are you know a bit delusional about you know these consequences and we really need to be, be quite you know precautious with those things i totally agree i feel like there are some elements that some bots and groups are playing with and don't really know the true potential of what could happen because end of the day we've seen it happen with like instagram accounts twitter accounts in some cases it's not become a big thing on twitter but we definitely with discords and discord groups we've seen them being wiped out and at the end of the day without getting too deep into it these are people's livelihoods these are people's literally one of the main sources of income and i feel like that isn't something we should play around with i feel like there should be more precautions going in to the future just to make everything a lot more secure for everyone overall yeah so i also think the whole community like should stay away from like cracking butts and stuff because it kind of puts a shade like lucas said on like uh yeah the whole community uh and also fraud yeah like dash and the carding stuff so i feel like if we were to relate this to like a really real life problem even with like groups of people if you have a group of people doing a certain thing like in an industry for example the the news outlets and uh people that report news and highlight problems will always highlight the negative things that's why collectively as a community if we take steps to being more positive and pushing that uh moral bound boundaries to more positive things and removing the negative things i think overall we will come across as a community that isn't shady that isn't dodgy and obviously these companies like discord like twitter like instagram will uh slow down on banning us and overall just keep us a bit more secure within this space yeah definitely i think also you know cracking bots is a serious issue within the community a lot of people do it way too freely. I mean, it's it's pirating, right? And, uh, you know, some people are fully open about it uh, without really hiding their identity. And when confronting them, they act as if they're the ones who, you know, they're the good guys. They're the ones who are uh, offering this great service of offering bots for cheap when it's, it is fully legal. I mean, you know, cyber is copyrighted. So it is a crime if you, you know, pirate, crack these bots and, and sell them, especially if you sell them for profit. Uh, and, you know, they fully add their own licensing onto it. They fully sell it on their own websites. And a lot of websites like um, Selly, we do our best to you know, try and shut them down. I mean, obviously, Discord and Selly are completely against uh, selling of uh, cracked um, software. But we, there's not much that we can do about it, but it should seriously be avoided. So, guys, that is the end of the episode. If you guys did enjoy, please do me a favor. Drop a like, subscribe, go down to the comments down below. Let me know what you guys liked about today's episode. Go to the description, follow everyone in the video. I'll leave all their links down below and all their brands down below if you guys want to go check them out. I'm going to catch you guys next time. Peace out.